Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive happy hour i'm just leaving it at a happy hour i'm not changing it anymore i think that's golden i ran out of words the thesaurus is empty screw it it's happy hour it says it all it's a pretty good happy yeah. hour i am brett hatfield here with our engineering co-host mr Craigerfish groves <laughs> that's me still looking for something to put those wheels on aren't you oh god yes and the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. <laughs> Yeehaw. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful, and yeah, it is finally beautiful after last oh. stinking week. Yeah, nice. We yeah, missed the show that. last week because last Tuesday we were out of power for seven hours. Uh, and it was six degrees below zero outside. <laughs> the one upside to that... I remembered that our hot water heater is gas-driven. It's gas-powered. Ah. Uh, I just ran a hot tub. I sat in the in the bathtub for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> just kept adding hot water, adding yeah, hot bring water, it up, bring it adding up. hot water. This is the life. I'm sitting here. It's warm. The hot water's steaming now because it's so yeah. damn cold <laughs> in the house. The window is frosted over, but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I've read 300 pages of this book. Nice. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Driven Radio Show, And listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, oh. Amazon Music. You're going to have to sit through it. Audible, Pod News, <laughs> iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Acast, for another minute more, and Overcast, <laughs> and anywhere fine podcasts are heard. Yeah, tell those folks down at Overcast how happy we are with them. Yay. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast podcast platform easy for me to say i'm gonna have some more of that beer and be sure to tell all your gearhead friends if there's something you would like to hear more of or someone you think we should interview please tell us you can reach me at brett at readthedriven.com if i was smart i would have called it the gang or driver or something like that something cute well i'm (laughs) self-centered what'd you do in cars this week anything probably not much because it hasn't been you couldn't do anything with your car until the last two days. Up until then, it was the frozen tundra. Uh, not a whole lot with the current vehicles that I have. Uh-huh. However, current. what do you got? However, what do you got? My wife and I went to went out, went out of town, went down to Springfield, Missouri. What you can't buy any cars here? Well, I wasn't looking per se to purchase a vehicle from there. However, we were there to look at what was available because it was like a, a show, like a okay, um, oh okay, you know, kind of like a. Um, overlanding. Stop it! You're holding out. Of, anyways, we well, we might might very well by coming this fall that uh, we, we could be adding a new German vehicle to our line of craving car mobiles. So a good support and travel vehicle. Okay, pardon me for being completely foul, but what's the new Krautwagen you're looking at? <laughs> a Mercedes Sprinter van. You're, a Sprinter, really? You're kidding me? That's actually decked out on the inside for us to stay in. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, those you things guys, are really tall, though. Is, the kids? Aren't they tough in the wind? 
Yeah, it's okay. They got the uh, upgraded suspension and all stuff. It's a four by four Sprinter too. So oh, four by four. They they made made a, yes. I didn't know they made a four wheel drive. Yeah, they, and so it's now. Don't mistake it as an all wheel drive. It actually is a four wheel drive. So it's two wheel drive until I switch it into four. Unlike your all wheel drive. So it actually, if we going to go van mudding. So if we wanted to go off trail <laughs> and some more of the roads at times, that we could probably handle it better with that than most other vans i'm gonna paint it camouflage we're going hunting baby you know i wish my brother was still alive now because i gave him so much crap when he was in his late 20s and bought a minivan and i was like oh dude you like totally sold out and now i'm like damn they got them in four by four and they're big and tall and mean Mm. and nasty yeah i can stand up in this thing Bring it on. So, you know, but, you could get a I minivan, was, put a brass pole in it, midget strippers all the time. It was either this it was either this, or we were going to buy a, a Chrysler Pacifica. So, I mean, I thought we did a pretty good... No, I'm kidding. I, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it, a North Star, Windstar? Get, get one of those old Fords with a funky looking front end. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a Dodge Caravan Sexy from 1990. North Star is a Cadillac <laughs> engine. Windstar used to was a Ford minivan. Ford minivan. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's a possibility that it's a pretty strong possibility it will be added to our arsenal nice um, so just another german car under the uh you the know there you go you know he's gonna fold he's gonna buy another jeep yeah but don't you own a a non-german car too he's got a, a little jeep. yellow a jeep. one yeah for just a short period of time <gasps> oh my nephew's buying it oh nice so his nephew nice. is 12 <laughs> but rich <laughs> I don't care as long as he's got four. I mowed a lot of grass last year. <laughs> yeah, you better. How about you, Bubba? Did you manage to do anything? No, I just, uh, my wife busted me looking at car porn. Of, <laughs> you know, when I got that motorcycle, I'm like, I'm done, damn it. No, I'm so not. pissed no, off about not. that. Uh, no, you're not. That 55 Plymouth Liar. debacle. And now I'm going back, and I, you wouldn't believe how many I've got saved in my <laughs> Facebook. May I, I, just I, saved. I thought I just saved. Oh, look at this little May I like, ask wow. which stripe of car porn? Mopar. Yeah, well, there's, I, I, there I are a number of Mopars. There's even a couple of 55s that I found. I went looking for door skins because there's one down in Wichita that's uh, set up for, like an old uh, cop car. You are looking for I door skins for a car you don't I didn't know my window browser could hold 3,000 windows open Well, you know, you got you to gotta price it all out. You're and looking, looking for at. door skins for a car you don't own. Yeah. And so I did, I've been He's doing that. He's future proven himself. But that's it. So I, I haven't done. I, I don't skins, not else. Door skins for a car you don't own. I'm going to keep saying it until it's something. But but Brett. If he has the door skins, he's honey. I gotta get the car now. Yeah, I, well, I've located the door skin so I can get the car and those two passenger side doors where they're, they're gonna need they need love. I'm hearing the Johnny Cash song one piece at a time. You're damn right. <laughs> I took a part of '56 Plymouth. Maybe I can put one together. Who knows? That's not how this works. Shit. That's not how any of this works. Look, Dream Killer, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself just, to do this, so shut up. Just get a minivan nice. call it a day. How in, about you? In the car adjacent world, <laughs> on two wheels, not four, uh, it was 68 degrees yesterday. I took that Moogleite out, and I rode the sucker oh, 70 miles. Nice. I, I rode until I ran into gravel roads in a few places. Also, watch the reveal of the new Harley-Davidson Pan America on Monday. How was it? Uh, it's a tremendous bike till you get to the front. Oh, it's a, a 145 horsepower on tap from the new Revolution Max 1250 engine. The thing is going to be a great direct competitor for the BMW uh, uh, R1200, R1250 GS and R1250 GS 40 Years Edition. Uh, they are priced similarly. The headlight on that, they did the first reveal on this a year ago. 
and got amazingly negative feedback about the way the front of the bike looked. And so Harley went back to the drawing board and changed nothing. nothing. Double down on it. Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> you'll take this bike and you'll like it. Yes. <laughs> that thing, the front end of that thing is uglier than a tree full of owls. Change a Harley? Hardly. Not hardly. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know. at least it was car adjacent. I got out and got my knees in the breeze and yeah, enjoyed the warm weather. That's what counts. That's what counts right? uh, if the weather is decent this weekend, Vlad and the Corvette may be making their appearance on roads again. Boom. Nice. There you go. I'm really kind of hoping for a good rainstorm to clean off all the salt and sand. Yeah. Got, and got to get that juice pushed through it. Yes. That was one of the things. I hadn't driven my truck in probably yep. three weeks. Well, we got a lot of news this week because we missed last week because <laughs> we flat weren't here. Uh, the C8 Corvette is selling faster than anything else in the U.S., believe it or don't. Wasn't that a sto- uh, show, Ripley's Believe It or Don't? <laughs> B- B- believe it or uh, Never mind. A Cobra for the Insane is selling in Scottsdale. I'll be there to cover it. Nice. The new Cadillac CT5V takes aim at the BMW M5. Whoa. Uh a cool collection of cars will be selling at Mecham in Arizona the next month. I'll be there to cover that too cuz <laughs> I was dumb enough to stick my paw in the air and say I'll cover everything in Scottsdale. I'll, I'll do it. And the magazine said you're on. Okay. <laughs> Our special guest this week is Mike Montanari, host of YouTube channel Fast Money's Garage. Mike will be here to tell us about learning how to build hot rods, the joy of rebuilding his father's GTO. And I got to tell you, this is ballsy. The guy did it all in front of a camera and put it on YouTube for scrutiny. Oofa. Now, upside is he knows how to work on stuff. He's a mechanical engineer. Nice. He there also sells something called ball screws. We're going to ask him about those. <laughs> Everybody needs those eventually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I wonder if they keep them out of the water. Oh. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover in the news this week, so let's get to it. From road and track, the C8 Corvette was the fastest selling car in America last month. Fastest selling car in America. You're kidding me. So not the fastest car in America, though, but the fastest selling. selling. Oh, yeah. Fastest selling car in January. Demand for the mid-engine C8 Chevy Corvette sports car. It hasn't weakened weakened since it entered production in uh, February of 2020. And the new car is still carrying dealer markups. In this study published by iccars.com, the Corvette topped the charts for fastest selling new cars last month, taking just 10 days on average. Wow. Rolls on the lot 10 days later. It's going home. Yeah. With a pretty mm. average price, $84,689. 85K and it's out the door in 10 days. Yeah. It beat out mainstream sedans, crossovers in the middle of friggin' winter when sports car sales are usually, you know, they usually suck. And, oh, yeah, uh, and this yeah. was just flying out. Corvette was followed closely by the Lexus IS350 sedan and the new Genesis. Who knew? Uh, GV80 (laughs) crossover. Who knew Prog Rock was so popular? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a physical attraction. Uh, Further down the list was the Porsche 911, which took 29.5 days to sell on average in January. Just amazing. Now, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for these for so long. They've uh, they have built up. You can't see it. My hands in the air. <laughs> quite the quite the popularity. So uh, it both surprises me, and in a little way doesn't. That's I, good. That's... I still want one, and I don't. Oh, yeah. I need another car. Like I need a cement hat. But <laughs> that's good to know, though. When a Porsche 911 hits the lot, I have 29 and a half days to get to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to you know... take 32 of them to arrange financing. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Haggerty, our friends at Haggerty. All right. I was talking to some of those people today. Good deal. Uh, the most insane 427 Cobra ever built is about to strike at Scotland, that, or at Scottsdale, not Scotland. 
they're going to sell this car one more again. I was present when they sold this thing at Barrett Jackson in 2007. The last remaining Super Snake CSX 3015. Now, whoa, they only built two. One of them mm. was sold to Bill Cosby mm. after he bragged to Shelby about his Ferrari. Oh. Anyway, CSX 3015 powered by a side oiler 427 with two, count them, two superchargers has now returned to the auction block and will appear at Barrett-Jackson's March Scottsdale sale. Uh, 3015 was a rare beast even before its modification and subsequent orphaning. It was one of the 23 original 427 Comp Cobras, a barely street-legal race car that Shelby built to qualify Cobras for FIA competition. They didn't qualify, didn't build enough of them. It wound up being shipped to Ford Advanced Vehicles in England as a PR car, and upon its return to the U.S., was shoved in a corner at Shelby American until Shelby and his engineers fit the unsuspecting Comp Cobra with two Paxton superchargers, each feeding 6 PSI of air into its very own Holly carburetor. Shelby estimated output on the car at 8 Hundred horsepower. Wow. Remember these weigh 2,300 pounds, roughly? Humana, humana. When a a similar vintage Corvette was about a 3,100-pound car. You you see what I'm driving at here? Yeah, yeah. 800 horse, 700 pounds lighter. Not for the faint of heart or your average driver. A Ford C6 three-speed automatic sent power through the limited slip differential to a 331 rear gear. Underneath the car sat two electric fuel pumps to supplement the standard mechanical fuel pump. Because, by God, we got to feed more gas to it. Road and Tracks tested this thing, and they said when it was driven gently... It got nine miles a gallon. Oh, nine. Wow. Nine. You could count it on your fingers and have one left over. Nine. What's an old joke? The only thing you can't pass is a gas station. <laughs> Just remember what our buddy Chris DeGanchi said. You got to shut the car off so the pump will catch up. <laughs> the car sold at auction in 2007 and in 2015, where it twice earned the status of most expensive Cobra ever. The final numbers... Five and a half million in 2007, and I was in the room for that sale. It was nice. incredible. I bet. And 5.1 million in 2015. CSX 3015 was the only was only dethroned in 2016 by the sale of the first ever Cobra, which sold at RM Sotheby's Monterey auction for 3.13.75 million dollars. Wow. 13 and three quarter. Even That's after crazy. Shelby's personal 427 Cobra bought fi- brought 5.94 just last month, CSX 3015 still the third highest selling Cobra in auction history. Jesus, uh, it's an uncommon car whose history and cultural significance are as eye popping as its performance, and it will be sold again at Barrett Jackson, and I'll be in the room again. I'll be down there covering that. That'd be cool, actually, since you were there in, in 07. So that's yeah, it kind of will be. I missed the 15 sale, but uh, this thing is a hellacious car, and I'm going to go get pictures of it. I cannot wait to see what it goes for. Do we have predictions, Brett? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm taking a stab in the dark. I'd love to see it bring six. So I, do, you think, do you think it has a good chance of beating its previous record, though? 
I yeah, I really do. Okay. I think wow. that the market is strong uh, with the recognition of everything Shelby after Ford v Ferrari. You know, we're seeing all the Shelby Mustangs sell for incredible money. That one sold in July at Meekum and Indy. The one that Vern was representing, yeah. uh, Ken Miles Flying Mustang, that thing went for what was it, 3.7, I think, yeah, something like if that, memory yeah. serves. Yeah. So, yeah, we're seeing really strong sales in these things. And I'd love to see the sucker break six. I think it'd be fantastic. That would be very cool. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So. Well, um, another story here from Road and Track. Fast caddies, baby. That's right. The 2022 Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. Yes. I'd like to see them put that all on a on a, an emblem that it go like halfway across the trunk. I think it should start <laughs> CT. So right at the at the front fender yeah. has the CT5V, <laughs> and then when the door starts, remember this is a four door sedan with the quarter panel too. Start Blackwing black and just get bigger black. as it goes out the back. That'd be sexy. And then break into like a checkered flag look. They only do that stuff over at Dodge. Only Mopar has <laughs> well, yeah. balls enough to do <laughs> well, that. You know, you know what would make the, the Put perfect in. final touch? Hmm. Quirkers. Bingo. Bam. Nailed it. Ba-doop. Okay. I think so Marks has got this figured out. We're talking about the CT5. Uh, he wants uh, to drop down to a Blackwing 15 here. inch Mickey Thompson wire. <laughs> you damn right. Give me those raised letters. Hey, that's gonna be, it's going to be close what's on this. It's going to be close. Okay. Just wait to wait to yeah. hear this. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Please. Now, yeah. We're talking about this Let thing him read his story. more power, more power more than power. a BMW M5. And, and wow. a six speed manual. Oh. Another one to add to the list. Standard. Boop. I think it's the last four-door uh, sedan available with a six-speed manual, isn't it? And it's a Cadillac. A Cadillac, That is so yes. shocking. Cadillac so Brad. successor to the much-loved CTS-V, which, you know, Brett and I, we're big fans of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, has It's it's driving, uh, sporting. Okay, you ready for this? 668 horsepower V8. <laughs> Honey, the six-speed manual <laughs> is standard. It'll hit dealerships. It'll be the only, you're right, it'd be the only uh, stick shift V8 sedan on the market. Good Lord. Not to mention the most powerful production Cadillac ever built. That's cool. That would make me like Cadillac again. So the Blackwing here is going to get GM's LT4 6.2 liter supercharged V8. It's got a 1.7 liter Eaton supercharger, (laughs) titanium intake valves, and a new intake system. The supercharger's bigger than the engine on my Harley. So 668 horsepower. (laughs) 659 foot-pounds of torque. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, buddy. So, I, that, so that's 28 more horsepower and 29 more torque than the old CTS-V. I'm wondering if you can just sign up for a new tire club membership or something like that to go with this, because you know all you're going to do is <laughs> boil the back tires off the thing every time you get at it. It's a possibility. But, hey, you know what? You'll have fun doing it. Absolutely. So the manual transmission does return, of course, with this um, standard equipment. The Tremec TR6060, six-speed, no lift shifting, and uh, active rev matching. No lift shifting. That's right. No lift shifting. Wonder how long it'll take to break that. It is a Tremec. Those are usually pretty pretty good, though. Man, but all that power. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. But, however, if you're not one in that manual, which if you are, I don't know why you're listening to us, but uh, no, I'm kidding. But there is an optional 10-speed automatic uh, that'll help bring that Black Queen to 0.60 and 3.7 seconds. Oh, my God. I'm going to the Now, no, it doesn't matter what transmission you get here, but the top speed, over 200 miles <laughs> per hour. I'm taking my caddy to the drag strip. Dude, that'll get you to the golf course on time. I'm I telling you, Muffy. Even if you're already late, not it'll a still golf get course you on time. Car. 
Oh, you don't think so? Not a golf oh, Are you kidding cart. me? There's going to be eight of those parked in front of there. No. <laughs> Someone will grab that, swap to Magna Flows, and the golf course will never have you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> and it's the Crackers. Yeah. Well, so the, so the Blackwing also is going to get... Are you ready? Yeah, it doesn't have the Crackers. You're right. The latest iteration of GM's excellent... Magna Ride Shocks, yeah. electronic limited slip diff, updated performance traction management. We're talking 19-inch wheels all the way around coming wrapped Damn. in Cadillac-specific Michelin Pilot Sport 4S tires. I'll bet you those are 300 bucks a corner. I, yeah. I think you're underbidding that one. You really think so? I really do. I really do. So you're talking uh, 275 35 up front, 305 Jeez. 35 I think I retract we, talk, I we talk about this being the most powerful Cadillac. I think that's the widest tires also that comes factory on a Cadillac as well. That's got to be. I don't think the CTSV ever had 305s on that. That's got to be. So uh, the Blackwing also is going to have – also the first Cadillac to offer a optional carbon ceramic brakes. Ooh. That knocks off 53 pounds of unsprung mass, Oh, my baby. God. Oh, yeah. Cadillac hasn't announced the uh, option pricing on the CT5V yeah, Blackwing. Yeah, yeah, But the base price of the car, just under 85 grand. You know, I would love to see that put up stock against a stock Corvette and see who's going to take it. The weight. The weight's so going to kill the, the caddy. Even with a 0 to 60 and 3 dot? 3 no, dot no. Uh, new Corvette's 2.8. 2.8. Oh, sh- uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I, I, I get that, but what if fast you're already rolling? Fast. What if it's like a rolling, like a 50, 40 roll kind of race? That The weight's going to enter in a lot less than that. You're talking. I think even from a 660 10 roll, horsepower gonna, compared to 495. Yeah, you're going to. Even at a 10 roll, I think that the the caddy might be able to walk away. Dang. And you're looking at. Remember, what was that average price? Like, around the same price, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 84 who'd, some who'd have thought buying a new Corvette and a new Cadillac could set you back 200 G's? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So here's. Get this, though. The Blackwing, the CT5V Blackwing here, $2,000 cheaper than the CTSV was. Oh, wow. Starting price. So, um, bargain basement, baby. Buy two. Yeah, buy Cadillac two. <laughs> now envisions this CT5V Blackwing as a BMW M3 fighter, but given the fact it's 165 more horsepower than the new M3 competition, it sounds like this Blackwing could just well take the fight all the way to the M5. Yeah. Of which it only has a measly 627 horsepower. Size wise, it kind of fits in between them, so it could it could go yeah. either way. I think but, so, too. But uh, with that kind of power, I think you could probably go out and fight most anything. So when are we going to get some Nürburgring numbers on how quick they take the lap on <laughs> I, that bad boy? I, I don't know. but uh, <laughs> You're going to see him rolling through sand somewhere in Dubai like, is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, rolling over and over. <laughs> like I've said with a lot of the uh, the Hellcat stuff, the Hellcat, uh, Trackhawk, the Jeep, yeah. uh, you know, the Charger – just one more way to scare the crap out of your kids. Put them in the back seat and take off. You know, now is that below? Uh, Chris Degansi posted on Facebook about that law yeah, in, uh, I, that they're working on changing down in Atlanta, oh, Georgia. That's, that's Was that gonna, 650 horse? It's 650 horse. This would violate that, but they're never going to get that law passed. That's the dumbest freaking law ever. It's because they have trouble with street racers in Atlanta. They want to have people who have cars that make over 650 horsepower start to apply for a special license for a special license and license plate or something like that. It just sounds. But does that get you out of speeding tickets? Because that's the case. Oh no, 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 it probably makes you a target. They're wanting to put the hammer down down there uh, on all that stuff. That's why we need to get drag strips back. Well. Just everywhere. Absolutely one of the reasons we need drag strips back. But No, I would say, you know, besides the BMW, though, and the M5, I think this is going to be a good contender for the AMGs as well. 
I'm still thinking about that law in Atlanta. Guy walking up to your car, going, "Ooh, you got a fast car, don't you, boy? You got a real pretty." Watch mouth. how fast I can ride up your citation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're going not as quick as I can pull away from you. <laughs> well, in road and track, also, and this uh, this isn't quite as happy. I Bruce Myers, inventor of the Myers Manx dune buggy, the coolest dune buggy ever, has uh, passed away at age oh. 94. 94 is a good long run, but I still that's, hate that's to hear that he went. Yeah, now we talked too. about. Uh, the the Manx Dune buggies here a few shows back because yeah, just sold the company yeah, yeah. Uh, got a pretty penny and the new uh, the new owners were looking on uh, trying to keep the Manx feel and idea but I think they've got some innovations coming well but and the designers were some top designers out of uh, oh God what was it was it Fiat but you look at what they were talking about doing and then you think about that new uh low volume manufacturers act that they passed in california and it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see the myers manx return and not too not too far away hopefully with air conditioning because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a doom buggy. It's it built doesn't with, have it's built a, with surround air conditioning. It doesn't have a top on it. Snap a head. You're yeah. not getting air conditioning. Uh, what? It doesn't have a bench front seat. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> so uh, Bruce Myers, fine artist, surfer, designer, hot rodder, Navy hero, off road racer, and inventor of the dune buggy, passed away at 94. He's best known to automotive enthusiasts as the designer of the Myers Manx dune buggy. It's compact, swoopy, instant. Instantly recognizable body built from fiberglass and designed to drop onto a shortened Volkswagen Beetle floor pan. It became the signature shape of the signature vehicle of Southern California. It was loved by surfers, adventurers, and off-road racers alike. Myers built his very first dune buggy, Old Red, for personal use. He soon realized that there was a market potential in the design and began producing the Myers Manx commercially. He kept Old Red for the rest of his life. That's awesome. Estimating that he racked up well over 100,000 desert miles in this rig. And that's incredible. You imagine doing 100,000 miles in one of those dune buggies? A friend of mine got... That would be a little rough. A friend of mine got one of those for his very first car. Now, this is back in the uh, mid to late 80s before everybody had recognized the potential of these, the investment potential of these. And it was painted bright purple metal flake oh baby that's pretty much perfect right there isn't it with glass pack mufflers on that v-dub engine (laughs) and we did heinously stupid stuff in that car Uh, dad if you're listening plug your ears Uh, (laughs) sorry (laughs) my buddy kendall used to act like he was not awake uh, not alive or whatever he'd be sitting in the driver's seat and lean out the side of it because you could you know it only came up to like your oh, waist yeah, yeah. right and uh he i would tell him break gas break gas and he'd lean out the side like he was dead and i would kind of reach over and steer from the passenger side that's what we thought was fun <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it's good to be idiots when yeah, you're young. Well, we, we it costs more when you're older. Not That's right. Very bright. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry you had to hear it. But you know what is bright? Our special guest this week is Mike Montanari, a host of YouTube's channel Fast oh, Monty's cool. Garage. Mike will be here to tell us all about learning how to build hot rods and rebuilding his father's GTO in front of an audience. Ooh. It's that's a tough way to learn, man, in front of an audience, but he yep. did it. Yep, he sure did. Nice. Well, that's coming up next here on Driven Radio.
Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our special guest this week is Mike Montanari, host of YouTube channel Fast Money's Garage. Mike has a degree in mechanical engineering, which means he's smarter than every one of us put together. Combined. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what put together means there, mister. See? <laughs> Just remember, there's a BS before the ME. I hate that the truth. Yeah, well, at least it didn't come from a fine arts college. With Bunch him. of what? Uh-huh. Mike has always been uh, a guy who worked on his own cars, but he had never restored one. And once he was out of college and he got a house and he got a decent garage, all that changed. He's going to tell us, aren't you, Mike? Going to tell us what happened with uh, with his dad's GTO, uh, how it came to be a YouTube channel. And uh, I, I, Mike, welcome to Driven Radio. The first question is the one that I've just been looking at all day and scratching my head. You sell ball screws. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, tell us what ball screws are. I am curious. They're exactly what you're thinking of. <laughs> I, <laughs> just, just I kidding. bet not. <laughs> Do they come different? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you five bucks got, it isn't. I'll put money on that. Yeah. Do, Do they, tell, come, do they five, come in different colors? Five dollars. It is the best party topic ever. <laughs> That's why I signed on to the current job I have, just for that reason. But... Uh, to answer your question, Brett, a ball screw is, um, imagine a, a, a low-cost Home Depot nut and bolt. Okay. A ball screw is like the high-precision version where there are ball bearings in the thread. Oh. So you can actually use it to push a high high load, you know, an axial load uh, with you know, attached to a motor. And uh, the the best example I can explain to any car guy is that a Saginaw steering box has a ball screw in it. So anyone that's taken one apart and ball bearings suddenly fall out and you have this giant screw, that's a ball screw. Okay. Uh, that is not what we were thinking. No, absolutely not. <laughs> at all. Not no, even close. Guaranteed was, not. Yeah. I don't know. If you don't use it for a while, do they turn blue? No, they Saginaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honest question. I'm already out of control. Well, okay, so we we also sell lead screws, and the difference is ball screws are male, lead screws are female. No, no balls. So you got to keep them separate, hey, right? Hey, uh, I'll be here all night. <laughs> I quit. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to work. There. All right, with that out, with that out of the way, yeah, yeah. tell us about your dad's GTO. What is the story behind that car? Oh wow! Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, the 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 history behind the car is actually pretty unique. My dad bought it brand new, and he was actually in flight school for the Navy in the late '60s. He was drafted for Vietnam, uh, but he elected to join the Navy because he was already an ROTC. He can go right to officer candidate school uh, out of college and and become a pilot. Well, Brett, as you know that you're a big fan of Corvettes, most pilots, mostly jet jocks, have Corvettes. Yes, sir. Yep. All because of the Apollo mission that was sponsored (laughs) by Chevrolet Corvette. Nice. Dad did not want a Corvette. <laughs> he, he wanted something different. Uh, he was looking at 
Chevelles, but then they had you know, a bunch of his buddies had Chevelles. Uh, Camaros were a little bit too small, he thought. And um, his buddy that was also in flight school was more of a gearhead than he was and said, Mike, I want a GTO. Let's go see if we can get a good deal and we'll get, you know, better price on buying two GTOs. So his buddy got a blue one and my dad got the midnight green version. And it's a gorgeous color. Yeah, I I agree with gold interior. Oh, I, I think the two offset themselves um, perfectly. It's not black, oh, you know, it's not, yeah. not white. It's actually a very unique color combo. And uh, you know, he I was delivered that the car is older than me by four years, so I was taken home from the hospital when I was born in that car. Uh, my sister was taken home from the hospital when she was born. My younger sister. I learned to drive on this car. It's a four. It was a four-speed. Um, her shifter, three fifty-five rear end. You know, the standard four hundred. He did not get the Ram Air. He re- he regrets not getting the Ram Air uh, version, which was an upgrade. Obviously, the Judge that year was an even higher upgrade, and he to this day regrets that. And oh, um, mm. I, I I don't regret it because if it was a Judge, <laughs> I wouldn't modify it. I would have kept it bone stock. Yeah. So how how did you wrestle that out of your dad's hands? Oh, oh boy. Uh, so my dad's still alive. He actually lives just, they just moved closer to me down in San Diego. Um, and at the time the car was actually up in San Jose where I grew up. And I think one of your other questions was why was it in mechanic jail for so long? Because after I left, for college and high school. Um, mind you guys, I graduated high school in 91. So my dad used that car as a daily driver all the way through my high school years. And then when I left, it finally became the driveway ornament. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, just sat there undercover and about eight years went by and you know I got out of college. I didn't still didn't have a house yet, but uh, my dad and I threw some money at the local mechanic that used to work on it all the time to rebuild the motor because I had 300,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. Oh, holy moly. Yeah, he, he, tripped, he tripped the odometer three times. <laughs> so, Dang. Um, you know, we, we agreed. And at that time, the, the mechanic actually wanted to start his own hot rod shop. So we had a gentleman's agreement that my dad and I would pay for parts and the mechanic would use it as like his show vehicle, right? Take it to shows, whatever. Well, that was a year before the real estate crash. Oh boy. Oh no. So he had left the local, he was at the local service station. That's where the GTO was. He quit that to start his own, you know, thing. And we never saw him again. It was like four years of silence. Every time I'd come home to visit, go, Hey, so where's the GTO at? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> so, oh, so about five years into, into that, I got a house and then decided I had been saving for ages because I wanted that car back to mm-hmm. fix up. And uh, finally, that, that guy, the mechanic, got his old job back at the local service station. And GTO was back. Like, what the hell? This, this The five-year mystery of where was it this whole time? So it came back, motor still not rebuilt. 
And you can tell it was parked halfway outside under the rain and halfway not under the rain because the right side of the car was much more deteriorated than the left side. Um, So I became project manager. I bought a house. (laughs) I bought a lift. I'm calling him every week. Hey, what's going on? What's up with the car? So that went on for three years. And for three years, you know, first year I got, I'll be ready in two months. The next year, I'll be ready in a month. The next year, I'll be ready in two weeks. That's the story I got every time I called. Mm -hmm. So luckily I had business up in San Jose. So I'd pop in in person regularly. Nice. You know, just put my hands up in the air. Oh, yeah. And I apologize, radio fans. Uh, I'm talking like an Italian and really talking with my hands right now. <laughs> Go for it. Um, so, so, <laughs> so one day I walk in there and there's power steering fluid all over the hood and you can't get the power steering hose line to sink. And because I bought, um, I started throwing parts at him. So I, I said, put this serpentine belt kit on, put this bigger carb on, put this bigger intake. And he couldn't get, it was a Gen 2 GM pump. So it wasn't the original pump. He couldn't get the, the um, high pressure line to seat. And, and the engine ran. Um, AC didn't work, but I said, I, I frankly looked at him. So are you done? And he kind of knew what I meant. Like I am done brassing you. The mm-hmm. car's running drive it to my parents' house. So the car would not shift. He drove it. There's only like two blocks. He drove it. Now I'm having a panic attack because the car is not running right. I don't have my tools, my tools in San Diego. Now what do I do? And, and this is on a Thursday or something. And I, I go back to my office in San Jose and I start frantically calling call haul, car haulers. How do I get it to San Diego? Because profusely leaking power steering fluid. Mm. Like, who's going to put it on a truck, right? Well, the first phone call I got was amazing. This is And this is the start of the amazing customer service and support I started getting from anyone related to the car industry. So this was the start of it. So the, they they called me back in 10 minutes, quoted me, said, we'll pick it up Saturday. I'm like, that's fine. My dad will be home. Um you know, to, to get it out of the garage because it's got no power steering. My mom can't do that. Um, so uh, they call Friday morning. Can we get it today? Oh, yeah, get it. Come get it. <laughs> I had it in San Diego on Monday, which was crazy. And then I learned I couldn't shift out of second gear because I had to take the long way around. They couldn't get the truck near my house. So I had to like sure. take the long way, yeah. the mile loop. Now I'm really freaking out because – the only thing I had in my head was I'm going to fix the power steering, fix the air conditioning, put some modern brakes on it, and maybe a fresh coat of paint. Well, I don't know if you saw the pictures of the, be- the before. It, it was terrible. Uh-huh. And when I, took, <laughs> when I took the passenger fender off to get at the AC unit and all the hose lines and everything, there was rust all down the body into the frame. No. Oh, no. And I just kind of, you, you know, did the whole, well, I've gone this far. I might as well take it all apart. And, yeah. well, I've gone this far. I might as well start. <laughs> and it turned into a, a Tim Taylor project. If you guys remember that show. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to ask, what did your wife say about a four-post lift? Uh, well, luckily my wife didn't say anything because I didn't meet her yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All righty. Perfect. In the clear. So, so she, we met probably at right at the beginning where I had already invested in the lift. I had a lift in the garage. I did not have a GTO, but I had uh, at the time an E46 M3 that I worked on a lot. Hmm. And that was very handy, but the intent for the lift was purely to get the GTO restored because oh. I read some article in uh, Hot Rod magazine that said, hey, these are the top five reasons why you should have a lift in your garage. And number one, you're back. Number two, yeah. you're back. <laughs> all, t- all, f- all five reasons were you're back. And I'm like, oh, my God, my back is terrible. I love that idea. So, <laughs> that's how I got that's how I got the lift. Shortly after getting the lift, I met my wife. And I remember our first date, and she remembers this clearly, too. I asked her if she knew how to weld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, God. Oh, please, God. Oh, please, God. Oh, please, God. Mark asked the same thing of his wife. <laughs> she, my girl was just an uptown girl on a Saturday night, but she couldn't weld. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I had no idea how to weld, and I kind of already knew that... Uh, the time is coming where I'm going to be taking these body panels off. And so when are you going to record that mar- vi- that video? Mark needs that video. Oh, my God, yeah. I, everything I look at is rust, uh, uh, just total riddled. And I, I fancied myself quite the um, uh, quite the welder because I got me a college degree. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bought a 56 Plymouth that needed a whole new floorboard from you know the gas pedal back. That was a horrible mistake. Mark knows how to burn holes and stuff. I could burn a hole in damn near anything. I could find a way to China with a welder. Mark, I, Mark, I could put two pieces of metal together to save my soul. Yeah, Mark can turn metal into Swiss cheese. That's I can, about and it. It's, and it's awesome. What a skill. Still looking for my market. Well, well, to this day, I am still a crappy welder, but I am one hell of a grinder. <laughs> just pile it on and then get it down to level very nice <laughs> so you got your dad's car back you got it down to san diego you got a four post lift you got a girl who doesn't know how to weld at what point do you start decide you're going to start filming everything oh that you know that frank was after i was done really um yeah i i that's probably my only regret is that I didn't realize how much money you could make on YouTube if you have <laughs> okay. you, a ton you, of followers. You got you got the car home. You got an engine that is shiny, kind of rebuilt, <laughs> sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have power steering. <laughs> You've got uh, parts that he's put on it. As I understand it. You did a lot of work to the car. You took it out and drove it, and the engine didn't do what you thought it would. Oh, boy. Okay, so let me give you some more color there. So <laughs> out there, how how did I finish a car in five years working full-time? Sure. Most friends of mine that have project cars are going to have a project car for the rest of their freaking life, and it's never going to drive. Because they don't dedicate the time to it. Listen to him, Mark. I'm, I'm hearing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I when I met my wife, thank God, I kind of set some ground rules. I said, "Listen, please do not plan anything on the weekends at all, because I'm going to be in the garage from eight to five, 
every weekend and if some weeknights when I'm not traveling for work. And that actually worked. I did that every weekend. <laughs> and there were times, there were times when she would say, I planned this thing with so-and-so and so-and-so. And, I hope and you enjoy it. The car can wait. And I said, listen, honey, do you want the car done in five years or 20 years? Oh, oh five years. Okay, I need to work on it on the weekend. <laughs> so, now that being said, I built the car around the engine. I even painted it myself. Because no when I when I took that car, um, see what happened. So I found all these rust spots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy, colleague of mine, actually a customer of mine, he had a '69 GTO as well, and he said, "Well, Mike, you need to get it acid dipped." And I said, "No, no, 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 no! I'm gonna sandblast that thing in my garage." <laughs> oh no! 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 Not a good idea, Mike. Even no, I know that's no, probably no. this is not. Uh, this has got bad news uh, written all over. So I, 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 I know, I know. One of your questions: What would you ever, never do again? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> that. Oh, that is it. It. <laughs> the question, if I remember, it was phrased: Do you have any regrets? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly one of them. So it's like taking a speedo um, to the beach. Doesn't matter. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was a. You're gonna find <laughs> sand in there. <laughs> now, did you use glass beads or sand or walnut shells or what? It was a it was a sand. It was a forty gallon hot blaster. And, you know, I got it from Eastwood. It was some, you know, low budget thing. And I didn't realize, like, after every five minutes, you have to sweep that crap up and put it back in the pot. Yeah, but you have to sweep it for the next 13 years. You better pray it's dry. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. So two days. I took two, two days. I actually successfully got the frame taken care of. I had the body lifted off the frame by about six inches. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had the Dexter room. I had this thick plastic all around the lift. Oh. <laughs> the Dexter, oh, the Dexter room. room. That's good. <laughs> Blasting away, and I would walk outside the garage, and I look like Pigpen. Like I'd pick up my oh yeah, and dust is just falling off me. <laughs> it, it was just nasty. I, I don't ever want to do that again. And and that conversation I had with the customer about acid dipping was the week prior. And halfway through me sandblasting, I'm swearing my ass off <laughs> at him because he was right. <laughs> so, so that's what I ended up doing. Oh, I, you oh, no. you took it in for the acid dip after yeah, all that? The body the body got acid dipped. It came back with missing metal because the acid dipping takes everything away, yeah. including the rust. So I didn't realize how much rust. Was there? He could hold it up to the light. You built the car. You you sandblasted it in your garage. You learned an important lesson. You got the body <laughs> acid dipped. Uh, where do you go from here? What did you have to replace? What was too um, thin to use quarters, again? It, it was an East Coast car when it started, so um, all four quarters were gone. The window channels, especially oh. on the A bodies, you know, the lower rear yeah. window channels. The corners were gone. Mm-hmm. I had to recreate those. Like nowhere to be seen. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I looked at a uh, Chrysler, and I discovered here in the Midwest that all you have to do is use clear silicon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you could just fill that <laughs> bad boy right I in. That car. The guy had about... 
<laughs> guy had about an inch and a quarter of clear silicone oh, around that back window. That was some sexy walking there. Big old Chrysler New Yorker with just silicone all around. I'm like, that looks like my grandma's aquarium. Window what had the hell a little, is wrong with you? Window had a little flex on the warmer days. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> my parents did the same thing. <laughs> yep. On the studio. <laughs> oh. The GTO had that same um, modification. Oh. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? Modification? It's simple but effective. Works yeah. in the shower, too. Yeah. Mike's looking at that and he's saying, It's time to build and grind, baby. Build and grind. <laughs> so you're well, building that, body that, panels back. You're yeah, repl- so the, 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 the corners is two pieces of metal. Picture it one vertically rounded into the corner and another one perpendicular to that that matches the contour of the body mm-hmm. and you basically use a beater bag get the, the shape right weld those two together and then you weld that whole panel that little corner into the corner that's what i ended up doing to match the radius the funny story was i spent like eight hours doing my first corner you know guesstimating oh this must be what the radius looks like and you know <laughs> putting it in and i have these what's called clico fasteners yeah and, uh, it holds it in place, right? So before I tack it in, it dawns on me. I'm like, oh, crap. I, I have the original chrome molding. I should see if this fits. <laughs> and I put the chrome molding up to it. I'm going, oh, my God. Thank God I didn't weld that in. <laughs> <laughs> so I started that corner over again, knowing now that I have the trim nice. to match the radius perfectly. So that's why they came out. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but it's all this little stuff I learned along the way that if I were to do the whole project again, it'd probably take me two years because you know, there was a ton of rework. And yeah. and that, that's something I was not scared of, of doing. And I actually enjoy making mistakes at some points because that's how you learn. Right? Yeah. The only way you're going to get through something is try it, you know, and figure out what doesn't work. <laughs> then you can get to the point of what does work. And that, that was a lot of the body work experience. How did you teach well, yourself to, to... Same deal. One day you're going to get better at not blowing through the panel. Yeah. <laughs> How did you teach yourself to smooth all the body work and do the paint, paint prep? Because we know that's one of the more difficult parts of doing it. That was YouTube. Um, that, that's actually the reason for my channel now is, you know, I, I, I went to YouTube a ton to learn the different techniques to build my car. And after I was done, my dad, of all people, says, how are you going to make money on what you know now? And at the time he asked me that question, I was recently done with the car. Um, and I said, Dad, that's a great question. I don't know. So what was in the back of my head was starting my own shop. But how do I do that with my full-time job? And I would have to charge someone $200 an hour to make up for my full-time job. And that's not going to work, right? So um, about a year and a half ago, I met a guy. His name's TJ Hunt. He's pretty famous on YouTube for car stuff. Mm-hmm. He lives in my neighborhood. No I, met him on a, I met him on 4th of July at the community pool, and I overheard him talking to his friends about car stuff, and I had to interject and interrupt and and that's how I met him. And he told me he restores cars, and but he keeps them. And I'm scratching my head. I'm like, how do you, how do you make a living by restoring cars and not selling them? I don't understand. 
And then he says, oh, I film it all. I'll put it on YouTube. And uh, like, what? And this is a year and a half ago, mind you. Why didn't I know this five years ago? (laughs) Exactly. Seriously, I think I'd be done. So the the way the algorithm works is basically he told me he gets at the time, you know, this is two years ago, whatever. um, He he gets like a million hits a day. Jeez. The algorithm is basically four to eight dollars per thousand hits. So. He makes anywhere from four to ten grand a day. Oh my gosh! Day. Wow. wow. Yeah. I said that, told that to my dad. I was nah, I didn't repeat myself. That that's a day. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible so, problem to have. <laughs> that's when the light bulb went off, and I went, "I'm gonna just do adventures with the GTO, right? And just that's what I'm gonna do." And like like my third or fourth video in. Uh, a lifter shattered in in the engine. Yeah, we were gonna oh. we were gonna ask you about that. Uh, oh. You had this engine that was supposedly rebuilt and uh, didn't quite turn out the way that he said it would. Yeah, well, no, that's the that's my build. That was yeah. your build. Oh, so, so going back to your original question about what happened. No, no, no. With, there's there's another engine rebuild in here. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Uh, so we'll, we'll rewind. So sorry, everyone. We're going to go back in time a little bit. Well, I built, <laughs> edit this I, out, restored, <laughs> I restored the car around the engine. Yes. Right. I painted the car because after the acid dipping thing and what, learning how to weld and do body work and Mark, I mean, Brett, you asked me, how did I learn to do body work and lots of YouTube? It's really actually very simple. You just have to be patient. And it took me a year of sanding body because <laughs> if you were to see, if you were to see the front I'm, not to be braggadocious the front end of my car is the lines are so tight most guys with gtos look at my front bumper fitment and i don't understand how i did it yeah there is no gap there is zero gap between the bumper and the fender now, i've seen the body work on the car it turned out extremely nice that's why i wanted to know where you learned how how you learned how to do it and uh you must be excellent at watching and then executing yeah well i i i pay attention to the details and and i I think a lot of it comes from uh, i kind of have a tiny bit of art in my background but you know i can visualize the end result yeah. So when I put a couple panels together, I can kind of look at it and go, ah, that's not going to work, right? Because I learned the hard way, lining up the front panels, like the fenders and the bumper and the hood, you have to have the doors correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually lined yes. up the front end a couple times, like, oh, this is awesome. The doors weren't aligned yet, and the oh. door gaps weren't done yet. Again, everyone, keep in mind, I've never done this before. Yeah. So. I'm learning as I as I went, dude. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Crap! I got to pull the doors in, get the door gaps first, then align the fenders to the doors. And now I can. Now I had to shave the bumper to match the fenders because the bumper was hairy. You know the gaps are tighter now than the factory gaps. So, yeah. you know, naturally the bumper is going to stick out wider than the fenders, and yeah. that's not the point. So I had to shave the bumpers. Oh. The original Endura bumper, which is rubber, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I must have no. 
uh, you know, all the decay in there. If you see an Enduro bumper, you're going to see cracks in the paint. Yeah. Because the, the rubber's decaying. You have to grind all that crap out, put like a rubber Bondo in there. And yeah, it's just a crazy learning experience. So anyway, I take it, I, I take it pictures of it and I take it to several body uh, paint shops thinking like Earl Scheib is going to get this handled for me for 750 bucks. No. <laughs> That's not how it works. And I'm getting quotes of 25 grand plus question mark. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I had a heart attack again. I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've had so many heart attacks during the project. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I start Googling that. Like, how hard is it to paint? I mean, seriously. How I've already done the body work. If you've done good prep. Yeah, uh, you're right. And and that's why the dollar figures are so high. And I've learned to appreciate that, especially when you see a really nice paint job, is 90% of that labor is the prep. Yeah. Sanding the panels, making the oh, panels line oh. up correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Almost any monkey besides me, I can't paint. I'm still terrible at painting. But, you know, once you get just a painting, you know, it's, it's all the before and after. So... I painted the car in one day you know, I did base and clear in one day. And, but then I spent another eight months sanding the clear coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and burning through panels and repainting panels and learning the hard way. So, um, the, the good news is out of all that, if I should ever get, God forbid, get scratched or dented or whatever, I, I can fix it. Well, true. There you go. You know, now I, you've gotten through the prep, you've gotten through the body work, you've gotten through the paint. You've got a really great looking GTO. You go out to drive it. So a month after I finished the car, first time. <laughs> the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword. Yeah, first time. Um, I had a um, Barry Grant 750 double pumper carburetor on there. Mm -hmm. And those that don't know, Barry Grant's a spinoff from Holly. And in order for Barry Grant to avoid the Holly patent, he made some changes to the design. And one of those changes was to knock out the, um, I, how to explain the butterfly valves or the, the round discs on the butterfly valve mm -hmm. are screws on a holly that hold that hold yeah. the plates and the rods. Um, I guess part of the patent was that exactly how those are held together. So he used pins and they're hammered on. So that like a rivet, mm -hmm. right? What that does is it bends the rod. Sorry, everyone. I'm using my fingers to show that the <laughs> rod bent. <laughs> so when you go, when after that process in manufacturing and you, you put that in the carburetor, you know how a non-straight rod holding these round discs as your butterfly valve. So the Barry Grant... Uh, carburetor has a hard time going back to the same idle because okay. of that out of straightness. So I didn't know this at the time. So I am dicking around with the idle screws and I have the electronic choke taken off the carb, but hanging down, not thinking it's going to be a problem if I go test drive it like that. Mm -hmm. And I go for a test drive. And on the opposite side of the throttle shaft is a little cam that I don't know what the hell it does, but the hangly dangly parts of the uh, electronic uh, 
choke got caught in there and it stuck wide open throttle. Oh boy. And I'm going 60 miles an hour. I'm in second gear. I take it out of gear. I'm thinking the accelerator's stuck and I'm jamming on the accelerator, not doing a thing. So that event caused a problem. Now, mind you, the motor that was rebuilt, it was just a mild cam, no extra features, just the Pontiac 400, the mild cam. And, you know, I think it was bored over 30 just to get a refresh on the rings, but, um, you know, nothing major. And so when I get it, I, I spent six weeks trying to diagnose it. And I'm like, you know, hell with this, I want my dream. I want my dream engine. And those of you that have seen Street Outlaws, um, the big chief, Mm-hmm. That motor is built by Butler Performance. So I now have a Butler Performance 467 in the GTO. Mm-hmm. So a roller cam, it's port <clears throat> stroked, um, board and stroked. It's a basic board and stroked 400 with um, ported and polished aluminum heads. You know, the works. Everything was changed out. Yeah. And and what's output on that? And <laughs> now this is not Butler's fault. This is no one's fault. This is just a manufacturing glitch in the lifter company um, on, on a retrofit system for an old flat tappet cam engine. Um, you can get roller a roller cam. Yeah. So so modern engines have rollers on the ends of their yeah. hydraulic lifters if they have lifters in the engine. Um, but there's a tie bar that connects the two adjacent lifters. They don't rotate because uh, those of you that don't know, uh, listening, uh, flat tappet lifters actually rotate in their bores, and that's how they're designed to work. Mm-hmm. But roller cannot rotate because it's got a it's got a wheel on the end. It's rolling, rolling, rolling. You can't turn it. So they have these anti-rotate bars. Well, one of those bars broke. The rivet that holds the bar on the adjacent lifter broke off. Oh crap. So the lifter spun 90 degrees, and I didn't know this. It was making a, a noise at the time, and I took it to an expert, and they said, oh, no, those lifters make that kind of noise. It's not oh. No, they don't. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> no they don't. Normal. I'm still pissed to this day. because That guy needs a ball screw. Apart at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just taken the lifter out, put a new lifter in, you know. But... Uh, Anyway, it, it grenaded that turned into a rebuild. So yeah, that, but that's my excuse for videoing. So I, I was like three videos in to my adventures with the GTO. I'm like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. But the, this is material. Yeah, yeah. This is called content. Turned in, yeah, that turned into thirty videos. <laughs> oh my god! There you go. <laughs> content <laughs> baby. You got to break money well, to make money. Things that break are self-sustaining. <laughs> Amen. So now yeah. with this nasty board and stroke 400, mm. and it it does sound amazing. That was uh, when I wrote the article on the car. That was one of the things I really wanted to emphasize is how good it wound up sounding. And you're putting out about what? Uh, I had it. So so I so that whole debacle about me ass dynoing the first carburetor. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, leaning over the fender and adjusting the throttle. You know, That's not that gets old. That really gets old. So when I rebuilt the motor, I actually had an engine dyno, so I could tune the carburetor on a dyno and call it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a dyno that uh, 600 pound feet of torque and 525 horsepower. That will get you down That'll the road. Work. It is a fun car to drive. That's for sure. That's probably an understatement. <laughs> so among the biggest lessons you learned along the way, don't do not media blast in your garage. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> uh, aside from that, is there anything you would have done differently with this? I mean, is there anything you still want to do with it? Is there anything you want to change? Yeah, I mean, it's it's now it's now grown into a, a, a tremendous passion. Now, you know, I just I just put a Tremec, I had a Tremec TKO in mm-hmm. last year. Did a full video series of that. The Silver Sport transmission, who I bought it from caught wind of me doing that and now they have my playlist on their website to help their club customers put their tremec in if you're doing it at oh home. cool tremec just came out with a tkx so it's their most modern design transmission when when i found out about that i had to have it because for one i'd be the only one on youtube with the with the video showing the comparison between the two on how it fits because the new take tkx is supposedly smaller than the tko so a lot less tunnel mods you have to do to your oh car. oh this is important uh yeah it is yeah because i'm looking to do a swap for vlad the impala really oh there you go yeah and that's one of the problems with vlad is it's got it that car wasn't born with a four speed in it and it's got a tight tunnel and if you shift a little hard between gears you'll bind things up Mm-hmm. So th- yeah. that's very so, important, Brett. Very easy. You get a hydraulic clutch <laughs> and a TKX transmission, mm-hmm. and you would no longer have shift linkages, which is half the problem. Yeah, and then the, you know automatic tunnels are smaller than manual tunnels. Well, and the I mean, hydraulic clutch probably wouldn't wear out my left butt cheek after an afternoon of driving the <laughs> car around. Yeah, you'd have to start doing, uh, yeah, you don't have to do as many right thigh exercises to keep up with your left thigh. Yeah, no kidding. Half a gym day. <laughs> made the mistake yeah. of driving around with my wife uh, for probably three or four hours one afternoon last summer. Got the car back home in the garage. I opened the door. about fell on my can because my left leg didn't want to work. <laughs> oh, man. Heavy I, I know. I know the pain. This is my favorite question out of any interview. And I, <laughs> ask, I ask everybody this question because this is when you get the best story, always. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, my God. How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you got, baby. Let's hear it. What's the statute of limitations? You might want to ask first. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sandblasting in your own garage. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah it. I, I, I hope that my parents aren't listening. Uh, so in high school, I'm not in the GTL. I'm in my mom's car, which is a 70 Volvo. My parents like to keep their cars a long time. I actually inherited the 70 Volvo when I was in high school. Nice. It was a monster. It was a... Uh, how many, four, I think it was a <laughs> How many miles did that have on it? <laughs> oh, probably similar, 200 grand or oh, something. Okay, it, okay. Was, it was a mess. It was baby blue. I mean, <laughs> call it the love boat, but uh, I'm not going to explain why. Love barge. I, I, don't think that's I had a different joke that I can't say on yeah. the air because <laughs> my, my dad listens to the show. <laughs> I was racing someone. I know, shocking. I think, had, I think they had a beat-up Civic. There's a section of town where there's this uh, two-lane road where the, the – again, I'm using my hands. Sorry, everyone. 
the two lane road splits and the opposite traffic road actually goes up a hill and it comes back down the rejoins. I decide to go up the wrong way roadside over this hill and I'm going 60, 65 miles an hour. You know, the uh, speed limit must have been 25. Yeah, what 30. could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as we get to the crest, I go, holy crap, this is not a good idea. What am I doing? And I immediately pull over to the left side because that's now the right side of the oncoming traffic. And I go really slow over the crest of that hill. And my heart is going like 100 miles an hour. And I'm thinking to myself, I could have been creamed if someone else was coming over the other side of that hill. And that's the last time I ever <laughs> thought of anything dumb like that. So that, that was probably the worst experience. Thank God nothing happened. We've been speaking with Mike Montanari, host of YouTube channel Fast Monty's Garage. You can find all of the social media links for Mike and his YouTube channel on readthedriven.com. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, guys. I had a blast. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. And that's true. If we didn't have the listeners, this is... Yeah. We'd basically just be talking. Ourselves. We would just be sitting here yeah. talking, conversating as which, if somebody which is, was listening. Which is pretty much what we were doing before we started doing <laughs> yeah. this damn show. Yeah. That was yeah. less reason to have good booze. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's true. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen on iTunes and screw it, I'm not reading it. Any place you listen to great podcasts. Bingo. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yes. And Mr. Cragerfish Groves. Still Yo. looking for something to put those wheels yes, someday, on. Someday, someday. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.